that's really a gift, isn't it? To be able to sing these biblical truths that are ancient, and yet when we think today about a relationship with God, to think that we're his beloved children, to think that we're the apple of his eye. Yesterday, um, I was in Fergus Falls, Kathy and I, both of our parents live there now. My mom is in assisted living, and we stopped to see her, and uh, we stopped to see Kathy's dad, who recently had a stroke, uh, actually this week, and, and so he, we're kind of seeing him uh, struggle with words and some things like that, but one of the things that was such a blessing was to be able to share some of the thoughts that we just sang, and that is that he is resting, even this time of a vulnerability, he's resting in the shadow of the Almighty. He's resting in God's wing, that he's okay, he's safe. And, and so we had the chance to do it. See, that's what God's Word does. God's Word is more than just religious literature. God's Word is more than, than kind of a handbook or guideline for living. God's Word is how he speaks to us in a way that we can just rest on with, with all of our weight. This is how God communicates with us. And we are at a time, I think as a Christian church, not just Triumph West or Triumph whatever, or the Church Luther, we are at at a time as a church where we really are going to benefit, I believe, from spending some time looking at the first chapter, so to speak, in, in, in in our existence as a church, and that is found in the book of Acts. Pastor Doug, if you read the Friday email and, and clicked on the little icon and saw his introduction to the book of Acts, we're going to be talking about living in step with the Holy Spirit. And because we're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit, this is going to be fun, okay? The Holy Spirit is amazing. And we're going to ask ourselves, what does it mean to live today in step with the Holy Spirit? And the Holy Spirit will lead us, we're going to come across this word uh, a number of times uh, in, in the book of Acts, simply the word way. The early Christians were, were referred to as people of the way. In other words, they didn't have a bunch of religious knowledge. They had this life they were living that had a sense of direction and purpose. They were called people of the way. Like, whose way? Jesus' way. Come on, you're in Sunday school. You know the answer is always Jesus, right? Whose way are we living in? We're living in the way of Jesus. Jesus called it the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. And this is all under the sovereignty of our heavenly Father. This is a really important time to just take a step back and say, okay, who are we? How did we get here? Why does it matter? And where are we going? Have you ever played the game at, a, at maybe a birthday party or a small group telephone? You ever play the game telephone where you've got a circle of people and maybe there's eight of you or actually the more there the better and, and, and the first person has this, uh, this piece of information they're going to read. It might be a sentence, okay? So they read it and then they've got to put it away and they whisper in the ear of the person next to them and that person whispers in the ear of the person next to them and then the next person whispers and so on and so on. You ever played that game? And when you get to the end, it's just hilarious because typically what began as a statement at the beginning is very different from the way it it ends up being at the end. That is why we have God's Word, people, (laughs) recorded so that we might go back to a place where we can say, this is what God revealed. This is what the Bible is for, all right? And, and, And so this morning, we're gonna take a look at 
at why this gift matters so much and, and, and why uh, today we gather in this place and we open our Bibles and, uh, and we consider what it, what it has to say for us today. The book of Acts is really uh, the second volume of a two-volume cl- uh, set written by Luke. The first volume in the set is the Gospel of Luke, and the second uh, volume in the set is the book of Acts, okay? So this was really written by the same author, and, and, and the dividing point between volume one and volume two is what Pastor Jay preached about, thank you for last week, Pastor Jay, as he preached about the often neglected powerful moment we don't even have a holiday for it that we celebrate much. How many of you have ever bought an Ascension card to celebrate Ascension? Not very many. Christmas, yes. Easter, yes. Ascension, not so much. Really important moment, okay? And, and, and we're going we're gonna to talk about how that, uh, uh, that kind of defines uh, the role of Jesus even in our lives today. Last week, Pastor Jay uh, talked about how on, on the Ascension Day, our prophet, our priest, our king, Jesus, ascended into heaven where he rules and reigns forever, victorious as our prophet, priest, and king. And you said it detonated all over the universe. Am I quoting you right, Pastor Jay? Close enough? Okay. And, and he's serious. That was a very powerful event. And today, we're going to take a look at why. Now, I'm just going to apologize at the beginning. I have, a, I have a wonderful encourager and a very honest critic when it comes to preaching. It's my wife. Very encouraging, very honest. And, and, and there are times when I'm preaching and I'll kind of wonder how it went. And she'll go, yeah, that was, that was fine. Introduction was a little long, Jeff. And you see, she said, if the introduction gets too big, it's like a structure that's like mostly porch and just a little bit of house. Okay? Friends, we're going to spend some time on the porch today because we're going into a series. And I think it's possible to take for granted why do we spend time in the Bible? Why do we get up on Sunday morning when we could still be home having caramel rolls and coffee? Why do we come together to hear God's word together? This is really important because of the nature of God's word and what it continues to do in our lives. We're going to take a look today at Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 11, which is the start of volume 2 of Luke's powerful gift to you and me today, okay? But before we do that, we're going to take a look at the introduction to volume 1. And I think it'll be really encouraging and it'll help us uh, appreciate the book of Acts. All right, so uh, Acts chapter, or excuse me, Luke chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. By the way, who is Luke? In Colossians, Paul calls him his friend, his dear friend. He was a friend of the Apostle Paul. He very may well came to know Jesus through the Apostle Paul. He says, my dear friend Luke, the doctor. He's also a doctor. He's a physician. That was really handy for the Apostle Paul. As we read through the book of Acts, you think a cat has nine lives? So does Paul. He was beaten. He was stoned. He was uh, flailed with rods. He was shipwrecked. Kind of nice to have a doctor along on your missionary journey when that's kind of how things go. 
But God was going to use this doctor and the way God makes doctors. Aren't you glad doctors are detail people? Is your doctor a detail person? I hope so. Would you feel good if your doctor said, ah, close enough? No, you want him to be very focused on what he's doing and accurate. And, and, and that's the nature of Dr. Luke, as we're going to see. Okay, lots of introduction. i got to get going here. Um, verse 1 of, of Luke. Many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us. Just as they were handed down to us by those who from the first were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. With this in mind, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I too decided to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know with certainty of the things that you have been taught. Now, I blow right by, by, that, um, of, by that introduction often and get right in to, the, to, to getting to know the life of Jesus, meeting John the Baptist, reading the Christmas story, and so on. You guys, this matters, okay? He is writing the Gospel of Luke not just to record events, but things that have been fulfilled. Why does that matter? God understands that we're living in the age we're living in, as every person has lived up to this time. We're understanding that we try to make sense of the world around us, but where can we rest with our full weight saying, this is true, this, is ma- this matters, and I will give my life to this. God's word is basically this powerful collection of promises that God makes and how he has fulfilled so many of them. And it gives us hope regarding the ones that are yet to be fulfilled. Luke wrote to give an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us. Just as they were handed down by the first eyewitnesses. These happened in time and in place and in history by people like you and me, and they mattered because they were part of God's plan. God is, has fulfilled promises, and he is fulfilling promises. And the most important thing you have in your life is an understanding of God's promise. His promises to you. Jesus is God's promise to you. Do you believe what he's done for you? Do you believe that he's coming back again? We know the certainty about Jesus and what he, his, his life and his message because of what God inspired four authors, including Luke, to write down for, for us. Okay? Who's Theophilus? Theophilus is, uh, he addresses him as most excellent Theophilus. We understand that he's probably a Roman official, that he's probably a person who was of substance or wealth, that he'd been supportive of this effort that Luke was, was entering into. We don't know for sure, but as God put this on Luke's heart, that we need to get these things down because pretty soon it's going to be like playing telephone. <laughs> We're going to have story told by story told by story. We need to get the facts down. I'm going to talk to eyewitnesses. I'm going to carefully investigate everything. And God knew that you and I would be here over 6,000 miles away from where this happened, over 2,000 years later, and we still need this account. Because it still shows us what God has done in Jesus. 
And it shows us what God has planned to continue to do through the life and message of Jesus. It's why we're here this morning. Uh, would you throw up that, that uh, okay, like what is that? That is Mary Ann. She was our guide when we were in Israel several years ago. I, she's awesome. I just got to love her. She's Jewish, but she was very respectful. She knew the Bible, the New Testament, better than most of my Christian friends. What's she leaning on there? She's leaning on a replica of something that was excavated by, by uh, Caesarea, that beautiful city that's on uh, the, the western boundary of Israel, right by, the, right by the Mediterranean Sea. This is where the ships would come in from Rome. And on that piece of rock, it says this. Pontius Pilate, the prefect of Judea, erected a building dedicated to the emperor Tiberius. Why do I share that? Luke talks about Pontius Pilate. Luke talks about Tiberius. He mentioned these things. This is part of history. You are living in, in history in real time right now. Jesus appeared. What Jesus did happened in history. And when we uh, read the Gospel of Luke and Acts, we're going to meet all kinds of people. Luke's accurate in, in recording them. All kinds of places, he's accurate in recording them. Because it's important that we understand that our faith is not founded in fables. Our faith is not made up of myths. Our faith is grounded in real time, in real place, where God has intervened. Okay, so that's how the, that's how, uh, the first volume in uh, Luke's, Luke's two-volume set begins. This is how it ends. And Pastor Jay uh, kind of focused on this last week, so we're not going to spend a lot of time on this. But this is how it ends. Luke 24, verses 44 through 53. Jesus said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so that they could understand the scriptures. We don't study God's word so that we can become Bible trivia experts. <laughs> There's not going to be a test when we get to heaven, okay? This is how God speaks to us. Jesus opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, this is what is written. Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And he did. And, for, and repentance of, for, the forgiveness of sins of, for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations. Beginning at Jerusalem. It's happening. We're getting close. Really close. You are witnesses of these things. I'm going to send you what my father has promised. But stay in the city until you've been clothed with power on high. The disciples were in Jerusalem. When he had led them out to the city of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. Then they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they stayed continually at the temple, praising God. Jesus is as live this morning. He's still in a body. He is, he is in glory at the right hand of the Father, and you are going to see him someday. I hope that's exciting. If it's not exciting, then let's talk about who Jesus is and what he's done for you. It says in Philippians 
chapter 2, that every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord. And for those that, that, that come to that place of agreeing with God that we need a Savior, confessing our need, and, and, and thanking him for what he has done for us, which is basically the, 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 the essence of faith, believing that his promise is true, taking God at his word, thanking him for it and worshiping for that and embracing it with our lives, then you're ready to see Jesus. You will see him. And God's word is this gift that we might be prepared for that day. Okay, let's jump over to our text for the day. We're going to go off the porch now and go into the house, okay? Here we go, Acts chapter 1, beginning with verse 1. In my former book the Gospel of Luke, Theophilus, I wrote, all about, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up into heaven. See what Luke's saying here? Jesus did something while he was here in the flesh. When the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us, we saw his signs and his wonders. We, we heard his word. Three amazing years where he poured into 12 people whose testimony would change the world. There are over 2.3 billion Christians today. And it happened according to God's plan as Jesus poured into three people whose testimony under the power of the Holy Spirit, that's next week, will change the world. Okay? Jesus began to do this before he went into heaven. Jesus is just as active in the lives of his, of his church. Now, from, the, from, the, from his place of glory in heaven, he's active through his Holy Spirit. We'll talk about that next Sunday. Don't think of Jesus as the guy in the robe who walked on the dusty trails of Galilee 2,000 years ago. No way. He's ruling and reigning in, in, in glory and authority, and he's for us, and he's protecting us. He's watching over us. And the same Holy Spirit that was active in Jesus' life is active today. The temple was in Jerusalem in Jesus' day until Jesus ascended into heaven. And we're going to learn in these coming weeks, Lord willing, that the Holy Spirit of God, which once dwelled in the temple, that was where his Shekinah glory rested, has now been dispersed. The Holy Spirit has been dispersed. Who, where is the temple of God today? Paul said, you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Wow. It's where God is living and abiding even today. Okay, let's keep going. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen, after his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. We're going to see Jesus do three things here. He's going to do a work of confirmation. He's going to do a work of preparation. And then he's going to do a work of motivation based on expectation. Okay? First confirmation. He presented to them and gave them many convincing proofs that he was alive. Because if he's not alive, this whole thing is a joke, people. Christianity's a farce. If we're just propagating the teachings of a dead rabbi, no thank you. People have died for this. I wouldn't die for that. I wouldn't die for that. 
But we are proclaiming the good news of a living Lord. He confirmed that he was alive. And they believed he was alive because they saw him. They touched him. They watched him eat. (laughs) They listened again to his summary of what the kingdom of God was all about. He was alive. And he still is. Jesus is alive, and that's at the heart of our faith. He presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, by the way, he spoke about the kingdom of God for three years with them. This was like a, this was like a summary of the kingdom of God. You guys, if the church is going to get back on track, I don't think the church is in the healthiest place it's ever been. We're worried about, you know, what are our growth numbers? Or, or uh, anyway, I'm not going to get into that. I love the church. Church is not perfect. Jesus taught us about the nature of the kingdom of God, that there's a movement here that transcends politics. It transcends economies. And, 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 it, and it has a perfect leader. And his name is Jesus. He's our king. It's the kingdom of God. And we wake up in the morning with allegiance that is due to only one. And that's Jesus himself. So what does it mean to live under his lordship in the kingdom of God? This is exciting. Jesus spoke to them about the kingdom of God. On one occasion while he was eating with them, eating with them. He, he, has a, he had a body then, he has a body now. He gave them this command, don't leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Here we go. Next week we're going to learn about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We're going to learn a lot of things about the Holy Spirit. It's going to be amazing. Then he gathered around, they gathered around him and asked, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? Still thinking kingdom like we think of kingdom. Thinking of geography, thinking of power, thinking of politics. Thinking about how the Romans were a kingdom, but we're going to be a kingdom. So what did Jesus say? He said, it's not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. Basically, he said, that's none of your business. (laughs) Don't be thinking about earthly kingdom. Don't be thinking about trying to pick dates or times. That's none of your business. But he said, this is your business. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. We're going to talk about that in the first seven chapters or so of the book of Acts. And in Judea as the disciples get persecuted out of Jerusalem and Samaria, that's, they never thought that they'd be in Samaria with new friends, but the gospel was changing not only people like them, but people very different than them and to the ends of the earth. We'll follow First John and, and Peter in, in, in their ministry in Jerusalem, and they're going to go with the Apostle Paul, and we're going to end up in Rome. After he said this, he was taken up before their eyes, and a cloud hid them from their sight. The glory cloud of God. Jesus ascended up into the glory cloud of God. By the way, 
next week, we're going to see, we're going to see God's glory come. We're going to see tongues of fire. We're going to hear the blowing of a mighty rushing wind. But they were going to wait for 10 days. How many of you are really good at waiting? (laughs) Don't you love to wait? They waited differently, though. After Jesus rose from the dead, and they, you'd think they'd just be ecstatic because he was alive, but they were afraid. They were locked, they, the doors were locked for fear of the Jews. They're trying to figure out if they could believe the women who said he was alive. They're trying to put all the pieces together, and Jesus came amongst them and said, hey, peace be with you. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. Here, look at my hands, look at my side. It's me, I'm back. The next 40 days, he reinforced the good news that he was alive. And by the time that he ascended into heaven, as we read at the end of Luke chapter 24, they went back to Jerusalem worshiping and filled with joy. I think that this waiting was a different kind of waiting because they were convinced that Jesus was alive. They were reminded of how all the promises God had fulfilled. Jesus said, in a few days, the gift my father promised will be given to you. Wait for it. Wait for it. And so they waited with joy. They waited in worship. I'm sure they waited in prayer. We're going to see prayer all through this book. Uh, There might be a renewed appreciation awareness for prayer by the time we get through this series. I sure hope so. They were looking up intently into the sky as he was going, and suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus, who was taken from you into heaven, will come back at the same way, in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. He's coming back. And in the meantime, he's given us the mission of the church to simply share what we know, to be witnesses to the life and message of Jesus. And the Holy Spirit takes that and transformed lives. He did then, he still does. Let's pray. Father, this morning, oh, we're thankful for the book of Acts. We're going to need your help, Lord. Um, The book of Acts at times has been a point of uh, even debate amongst Christians. We're going to see a lot of amazing things happening, kind of like It's happening now through the apostles, what happened at one time through Jesus. And we're wondering today about what what are we to learn from the book of Acts? Are are, Are we called to be the book of Acts all over again? What is the same? You're the same Holy Spirit. People still need you. We have the same word, the same fathers watching over us. Guide us. Direct us. Inspire us. Humble us. Show us your will for us personally and your will for us as a church. We need you, Lord. May we wait expectantly for what we're going to learn. May we be given a, a holy sense of anticipation and an excitement for your return. May we be ready. May we have settled things in our hearts. If there's any doubt At this time, may we know with certainty the things that you have done in a personal way that we might know you and and know your salvation and be ready for your return. And until then, be open 
to your will in our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.